Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Providence Money Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Isaac, Associate Advisor at Providence. Today's episode is about the famous debate whether to invest in a lump sum or to dollar cost average. So to all our listeners, you know, in terms of our process, um, after determining the amount we need to invest towards our financial goal, we always have questions on whether we should invest all the amount at once, that is lump sum, or should we invest in smaller equal portions, that is dollar cost averaging over a period of time. So joining with me today is Han, who is a client advisor here at Provident, and will be sharing Provident's view on this. Hi Han. Hey, hi Isaac, good to be back here. Right, so today's topic is a widely debated one in the right. finance industry. Uh, and there are merits to both sides of the argument. So let's first unpack it and then share our stance on it. So as we are evidence-based companies, let's start with the evidence. Historically, Zhan, which strategy has worked better? Okay, I think Isaac, first of all, we need to take a step back and ask ourselves under what circumstances will dollar cost averaging beat a lump sum investment? Uh, It is only when markets are going down and when markets are moving sideways in a volatile manner that dollar cost averaging is superior over lump sum investments. Right. right? So there are actually three ways that market can go. Uh, First of all, downwards and sideways and upwards. So out of these three scenarios, dollar cost averaging is the better strategy in two scenarios. Does that mean that dollar cost averaging is the strategy that we should adopt? Actually, not really at least mathematically, because if we are invested in the right instruments, and when I mean right instruments, I mean low-cost, globally diversified, non-forecasting portfolios, history, historical data right, have shown that markets actually go up two-thirds of the time. So with, with this uh, historical data, we can safely say that in the long run, uh, lump sum investment is actually the superior strategy, at least mathematically. Right, so to not make it confusing is that there's three kinds of markets, you know, uh, upwards, uh, sideways, and declining markets, for example. But Correct. historically, markets are moving upwards two types of the time, and right. hence, uh, lump sum investing tend to win roughly around there as well. Yeah. Correct, correct. Right, thanks for sharing, Han. So, it's looking at it this way, a sound way of determining whether I should invest all in a lump sum or the dollar cost average. I mean, empirically, even though investing lump sum is the winner, I would think that emotionally it can be very daunting to some people, especially so when we are investing our life savings. For example, if I'm a new investor and I invest a substantial portion of my savings at the wrong time, quote-unquote wrong time, and markets come crashing right after I entered the market, One real-life example would be if I started my investment in January 2022, right now, even after more than one and a half years, I will actually still be sitting at a loss. How will new investors feel at this point in time? Right, I mean, it's been one and a half years already and I'm still making a loss. So my take is that yes, it's a fact that lump sum investment beats dollar cost averaging most of the time. And that is one way of determining whether the investor should do a lump sum investment or spread the investments into multiple uh, tranches. However, I also believe that the more important aspect is actually the behavioral pattern of the investor. When he or she suffers a significant paper loss, will that cause the investor to lose sleep? 
Will that cause the investor to make a rash and probably a wrong decision of exiting the market at the wrong time? Because we know lump sum or dollar cost averaging, in order for us to have a favorable investment outcome, we need to be in the market and stay invested so that we can actually capture the returns that the markets provide. Depending on, I mean, whether you use lump sum or dollar cost average, the most important thing is to use a strategy, you know, either, either or, but a strategy that you can stick with. Absolutely, absolutely. I, 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 think, I think that's, that's the uh, crux of investing. Okay, so if let's say personally, I'm someone who, you know, if let's say I invest everything and when the market starts falling, you know, it keeps me up at night. Um, you know, I wouldn't. I don't have any so-called dry powder to 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 buy into these uh, declining markets. Maybe because of that, it makes me feel really bad. So, dollar cost averaging should be the strategy I should use. Is that correct? Uh, I think you can say that. I mean, when we invest, uh, we are investing for our future, for important life goals, right? For a certain uh, outcome that we would like to happen, uh, right? And that. Uh, often translates to a better quality of life or to serve a certain purpose that we have. So if investing right now is causing our the quality of our life to not improve and in fact be worse, what's, what's the point of it, right? right? So it's quite interesting that you uh, brought up 2022. Every time when we uh, bring this up for discussion, people mm. always quote the the bad years, right? Mm, you know, mm. the, the 2022s, the financial crisis, mm. dot-com bubbles. But the inverse can be true, right? I mean, in 2021, for example, you know, right, if you right. invested a lump sum mm. at the start of the year, you have you will have been able to uh, capture quite a good return uh, because it was an up year for the whole year. Uh, whereas if you dollar cost average, yes, you'll be up, you know, you will get significantly less than if you invested all in one go. Yeah, and uh, another thing is also, it depends on when the question is asked, right? Like uh, right now, when we look at the investor that invested in the start of 2022, he or she may be, um, not, not maybe, is definitely sitting on a loss right now. But if let's say you were to ask me this question, say 10 years down the road, I mean, I'm pretty sure that most likely the markets will be much higher than where it is sitting right now, you know, and we can also take reference from the year 2021 when markets are actually rallying through, throughout the year, correct? Yep. So the thing is that actually humans, right, we are all biologically wired to minimize loss because a recent global study just confirmed the theory of loss aversion. Loss aversion is actually a cognitive bias that describes why for individuals, the pain of losing is psychologically much more powerful than the pleasure of gaining. So put simply, the negative feeling of, let's say, losing $100 is more intense relative to the positive feeling of earning $100. Okay, simply put, it's better not to lose $100 than to find $100. At least psychologically. Right, right. So in that case, would you say that, um, would you tell people who invested at the start of 2022, right? They invested all their money, you know, their New Year's resolution is to start my investment journey and they just put everything in there and now they are sitting on losses. Would you classify this as a bad financial move? Okay, I would say that it's not a bad financial decision. You know, uh, first of all, because uh, at this point in time, even though they are sitting at a loss, if let's say you were to ask me this same question, like what I mentioned earlier on, 10 years down the road, uh, the answer will, will most probably be that they are not sitting at a loss uh, at that point in time. You know, and also... 
for clients that come to us at Provident, you know, we usually plan for them uh, for long-term goals such as their retirement, you know, or their children's education. So it's actually a temporary situation that they are facing right now. Uh, as long as they continue staying invested, you know, uh, continue uh, uh, whether to DCA in, you know, or uh, the lump sum that they, they have invested, as long as they are able to stay in the market, you know, they will eventually be able to see the returns that they need. Right. So actually another point is that it's actually a bad financial move if they invested into an equity-heavy portfolio for a goal that is um, very short-term, like uh, maybe renovation money that they need in two to three years' time, for example, then definitely that is a bad financial move. Like, but as you mentioned, you know, clients come to Provident, uh, we do planning for them. Um, even before they invest, we already manage their expectation and actually markets go up and down. It's not something, it's not a bug, it's rather um, just how it is. That's how you get returns. You know, if markets go up in a linear fashion, uh, every year, let's say eight percent. No, nobody, everybody will be invested, and you know, uh, nobody will be buying uh, safer instruments. But it's because of the very the fact that markets go up and down uh, on a yearly basis, that or rather a daily basis, that you get the returns that the equity markets give you. Right, right, absolutely. Uh, in our planning methodology, if let's say a client comes to us, you know, and say that yeah, in three years' time they will require this sum of money for whatever purpose, you know, it is uh, not our practice to put them in a portfolio whereby it is equities heavy. You know, so for example, if let's say we, uh, our clients are invested in a hundred percent equity portfolio, their goals will be something that. Uh, the monies will be something that they need in, let's say, 15 years' time. You know? So because historical evidence have shown that uh, as long as we are able to invest, uh, stay invested for a minimum of 15 years, generally the equities will not uh, cause us to suffer a loss. Right, so using that example, let's say a client invests uh, in the, you know, at the peak just before the financial crisis, uh, 2008, let's say, plus 15, yeah, just nice 20, uh, 2023. Um, so even if they invested just before the drop um, of equity markets during the great financial crisis in 2008 and 2009, um, they would still have sufficient returns as of today. You know, if let's say their um, time horizon is 15 years um, and they, they cash out today, so they will still have the return that they need. Right, right. Uh, I have to really emphasize that you must be invested in the in the right instruments, globally diversified. So if let's say you take a common index, the MSCI Country World Index in 2008, just before the market crash, you know, and you compare the prices right now, you would see that, you know, the prices have grown substantially, even though you have invested at the peak just before the crisis in 2008. So even after knowing all these, and um, some people will still feel that they're not comfortable investing in a lump sum. So how does dollar cost averaging, or rather what is the merits of dollar cost averaging in terms of circumventing this and taking the emotion out of investing? Okay, I think helping to circumvent the emotional side of investing is one of the greatest merit that dollar cost averaging can offer. Firstly, it helps to cultivate the habit of investing regularly. And when you do something repeatedly over a period of time, you become familiar, you become more comfortable with it, right? And secondly, we know from history that markets actually go up two-thirds of the time. So in the event that 
you know, that one third when markets come crashing after one has invested, it will reduce the quote-unquote paper loss at that moment, you know, help to moderate the emotional impact of the market crash. And it also gives the investor sufficient resource to continue investing and buying into the market at a discount. So I think, yeah, that's, that's actually some of the merits that the DCA has over lump sum investing. Right, so like we mentioned at the start of this podcast, or rather earlier in the podcast, that really is about sticking to the strategy. That's the most important. That's the number one thing that um, is the most important. So, um, yeah, you know, if DCA can help someone stick to their strategy, the investment implementation plan, um, it helps them to sleep at night, you know, and, you know, like we always tell our clients, it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Uh, right, right. It's about really lasting the distance and, and finding something that is appropriate for your own risk appetite. Mm. So, what is our overall conclusion on this then? You know, what is Providence stance on this? Let's say um, you, you explain all this to the client. Uh, are we very hard? You know, will we really push very hard for lump sum investing if the clients prefer that? Or are we sort of okay with either? Both methods are sound, actually, Isaac. Whichever method that allow us to stay the course, you know, and be in the market to capture the returns, that is actually the superior method in my opinion. You know, lump sum and uh, dollar cost averaging aside, what is more important is that we have the ability and also the willingness to ride through the markets up and down. There's really a lot to go through in terms of the ability and the willingness to invest. I mean, we, we, we have a whole suite of methodology to uncover our client's need, our client's ability, our client's willingness. You know, but on a very, very high level, ability refers to things like our financial situation. Do we have sufficient emergency funds? Are we running on a surplus or a deficit monthly? Do we have enough insurance coverage? We need to make sure that we are financially healthy before we can even start investing, right? So that we do not exit the market at the wrong time when unforeseen circumstances happen. So the, the next part, which is the willingness portion, uh, is about the understanding of how strong our heart is. You know, when we see our portfolios fall, how much loss can we actually tolerate before, uh, before it causes us to lose sleep? Once we can understand this willingness portion, we then can select a suitable asset allocation that is in alignment with our willingness to take risks. Yeah, so I think these two factors are actually the more important consideration when it comes to investing rather than DCA, which is dollar cost averaging or lump sum investment. Right, so yeah, so this topic is um, very widely debated and it can really cause a lot of um, what we call paralysis of analysis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you know, the plan is already there. Um, yeah, you're just gonna execute it, and then you know, just when you're just about to to take the step forward, um, you know, this kind of the, uh, thoughts come to your mind. So, so yeah, I mean, either is fine. Um, of course, if you if you dollar cost average and you split it into too many small portions and you spread it over instead of like maybe like you could dollar cost average over three months, six months, one year. But if it becomes like over two years, for example, um, definitely we have to rerun the numbers again because you are actually not really invested for the first year at least or rather not much of what you need to invest is uh, in the market in the first year. 
Uh, but other than that, I mean, yeah, I mean, both both make sense. But statistically, you are more likely to go out, turn up ahead um, when you do a lump sum investing. Right. Okay, so, so I'll just ask you one one parting question, okay? So for your own investments, right? I'm sure you've done all your planning and all that. Did you do a lump sum investment or did you do dollar cost averaging? Like do you invest uh, over six months? And of course, I'm sure you have your regular savings plan, but in terms of the initial amount, did you uh, invest it all as a whole? Yeah. Okay, uh, because when I first started investing, it was in 2009 when I first uh, started working. So obviously at that point in time, I do not have a uh, lump sum, correct? You know, so I've been regularly investing, you know, and throughout uh, my entire working career, it has uh, accumulated to quite a substantial amount. Uh. So if let's say you ask me, because I started very early, you know, it is really dollar cost averaging throughout uh, the entire duration of my investment uh, history. But what if let's say you were to receive a a lump sum today, like let's say an inheritance, which strategy do you think um, would be suitable for you? You know, like what I said earlier on in this uh, podcast, that even for myself, it is very hard to take away the emotion out of investing. I may, uh, depending on the amount, if let's say it's a few million dollars, I may just well split it into a few tranches, you know? So yeah, I think I think that would be my decision. Okay, so uh, thanks for sharing, Sir and thanks for your time today. Thank you so much. Okay, so that's all for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed our episode on lump sum investing versus dollar cost averaging. If you like this episode, follow our podcast and follow us on social media for similar contents. As always, thank you for listening and I'll see you in the next episode. All analysis, views or opinions from interviews, recommendations and other information broadcasted, broadcasted or published herein are provided for general information purposes only. Information expressed does not take into account any specific situation, particular needs or objectives and should not be construed as specific advice or a recommendation. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal or tax professional before taking any action. Provident Limited does not accept any liability for any loss whatsoever arising from any of use of the information broadcasted, broadcasted or published herein. All contents and information contained herein may not be copied or reproduced in whole or in part by any means without prior written consent of Provident Limited.